0: Here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on
1: TV.
2: Welcome in to this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCrady, Jeffrey Wright will join us here in a little while on the Campbell Clinic Hotline Ole Miss basketball returning Saturday night at the Pavilion 730 against the very, very hapless Missouri Tigers. A definite must win for the Rebels after losing three straight in SEC play. Ole Miss baseball begins tomorrow night on the islands out in Hawaii. They arrived sometime, I don't know, last night, middle of the night. Uh, Time zone wise, I'm not exactly sure, but they have reached the aloha state i saw they were going through a light practice uh whatever hawaii time at night was last night and then they have a 1035 first pitch so we'll hit a good bit of stuff today including some uh, other topics outside of old miss on the podcast the podcast brought to you every day by the oxford exxon highway 6 west in oxford beer cave lunch special locations up and down i-55 they're out north mississippi as well stopped at one yesterday you've got uh their big superstore going up in macomb right now got a subway attached to that bad boy a lot of stuff their biggest location up yet there in uh in south mississippi so uh all that and more at the oxford exxon again continue from clark ford studio
3: we are clark fords in amy mississippi 662-257-1900 is the number call it ask for our friend Corey clark uh texted with Corey just last night uh Tell Corey what you're looking for in terms of a Ford product. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can chop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into A. Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Guests, including Jeffrey Wright, join on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102. Just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more to book an appointment. Go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins. Always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 730 a.m. to 4 p.m.
2: Seeing this morning on the uh, this morning on the Twitter machine that uh, the Saints likely to move their training camp to Irvine, California. That'll fix all oh. of it. That, that that feels like a logistical change for no really good reason, but sure, sounds good.
3: I mean, the problem with training camp in Metairie is it's just so damn muggy. Well, you know that they
2: moved it to Jackson at Millsaps there for a little while. That fixed that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I I, I I covered a couple days of that. That was that was the the sun on fire on the turf there at Millsaps.
3: Yeah, I covered. I, mean, <laughs> I covered some of that too, and and goodness gracious, yeah. I mean, jeez, <laughs> uh, there's no time that you can't recover.
2: Yeah, I, I did. I covered some whatever year Orgeron was down there screaming and hollering and coaching the defensive line. Yeah, yeah, whatever.
3: A, seven, eight,
2: eight. Uh, yeah, I guess eight would make sense. Yeah. Cause he was at Tennessee at nine and then he was get done at Ole Miss and seven. So yeah, I guess yeah. it was the year, the year in between that. That's, uh, that's funny. Uh, his Miss topics. I mean, frankly, there's not a ton. we're sort of in a lag here between uh Saturday with it being the, the opponent it is. And then it's February baseball and they're like four time zones away or something. So, um, I, I did see the Ole Miss softball team had a really hard time getting to their location. They were out in Hawaii and then, uh, they're playing at Kennesaw State this weekend. So that was quite the long travel from uh from, from Hawaii to Georgia. And they lost a ton of bags and went all kind of nights and time zones and stuff before they finally got their uh their stuff there around Kennesaw. So might be the only time you're really happy to see the Atlanta airport when you're when yeah. you're finally getting there to get in and see if they can locate your uh your stuff. So you know. Might want to if you've got a money line, might want to take the other team on Friday because that's going to be a tired group of women there. Um, So
3: you are not a late night owl any more than I am. I'm probably I'm probably more of one than you are. I mean, I'm I always get a little concerned about seven thirty tip offs because I'm writing until eleven. Um, you're not going to put yourself through a a Saturday. Mid, you're not going to be writing at 3 30 in the morning about a game that you watched all night, are you?
2: I don't know. I mean, okay, here's here's the deal. And I was kind of thinking about it. And we don't have, much to a couple people's chagrin, we don't have a Zoom after it. So there's no Mike Bianco interview <laughs> following the game tomorrow night. Um, we will get Mike from a post-game standpoint for the first Our time beat, after the Saturday I, I, double say, header.
3: I'm gonna say what you won't say. Our beat is insane. <laughs> there are there are two or three outlets on our beat that are so dependent because they have a they have a quota from their their organization and they they, they write Lane Kiffin tweet something story some I mean there's a Chris Beard press conference today listen I don't know how many headlines you need to write Ole Miss to face Missouri in absolute must-win game the end you don't. They're they're don't they're not 10 stories Tigers one. have sucked. Rebels return home. Okay, cool. Sweet. If if you win against Missouri on Saturday, you keep your postseason hopes alive. If you don't, you don't.
2: The end. Yeah, it is and over. I, if Missouri has more points than Ole Miss on Saturday if, night. If,
3: if not, then you go to Nashville and you have to win four games in four days or whatever. That, that it's, it's, it's really not more complicated than that. And yet... I don't know. You're either with us or you're not after this length of time. You either agree with my sentiment or you completely don't after this length of time. I have just developed what I believe to be is a very common sense approach to covering the beat that we cover, which is, okay, if I do a story on every kid that Ole Miss, quote, offers, end quote, in football, yes, we will have 500 recruiting stories. Now, how many of those recruiting stories at the end of the day will truly be meaningful? 13?
2: Yeah, even uh, the near misses you really want. I mean, at most, 25.
3: Yeah, I mean, as long as Lane Kiffin is the coach at Ole Miss and the rules are what the rules are today, they are going to be a portal-heavy program. Like, after this season coming up, whether it is the amazing season that I think we all sort of hope it will be because God knows that'd be great for business um, and it'd make all you guys happy and believe it or not, I, I like it when you're happy. It's, it's cool. Um, whether they win the national championship chase or it's a 7-5 and five disaster, there's going to be a ton of turnover after the season, which means they're going to go heavy in the portal again or they're going to try to. Which means that so much of the recruiting stuff, you really can't write until December. Because we don't really know today who's going to be available in the portal in December. Mm -hmm. Nor do we know entirely who all is going to leave, who's going to go pro, who's going to come back for another season. I mean, it's conceivable, right, that... Try to think. No, this is darts last year no matter what, because this is his fourth year. Is that right? He wouldn't have a fifth year. 21, 22, 23, 24. Correct. Yes. Okay. But there are some guys that, you know, have decisions to make. And so we don't know what the outcome of those decisions will be. Um, we don't know who will get in the portal from other schools. We don't We don't really know what the needs will be yet. We can guess at them, but we don't really know. And so a whole bunch of stories about guys that – like I saw where some kid from a 2027 kid got some SEC offers yesterday. Think about that. 2027.
2: I mean, how do you how do you turn that into a story? So and so offered a- hard to project him to the uh, to the roster at that point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, and, and
3: you know, like I think a couple of the schools that were on that offer list. There's a, I mean, if you made me bet today, is the coach who's there today still there in the fall of 2027? My answer would be probably not. I mean, I wouldn't want to make that bet on damn near anyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Would you want to make that bet on Lane Kiffin today?
2: No. Like, I mean, literally nobody. I mean, no yeah, one.
3: No one. So Kirby Smart, no. No, exactly. No, it's not it's not a criticism. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to predict that. So how do you how do you predict how a recruit's going to go other than to point out that hey, this guy's obviously a very talented young person and people are noticing it and he's getting lots of offers and blah blah blah. But my point is 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 like back to the Bianco thing. I mean if, if if you're clamoring for a three thirty a.m. Zoom, so that you can have content, I guess on Saturday morning, that will be obsolete within hours because Ole Miss plays two games on Saturday, weather permitting. Yeah, they play two games on Saturday. So what? Really, anything that Mike says about what happened on Friday night, except for the detail of, well, so and so pitched. Well, or didn't pitch well, or you know that was a big play, or what, whatever. It's it's really rendered obsolete. Hours,
2: and yeah. So it's, I mean,
3: you're, you're from it, a content standpoint, you are you are creating, you are creating content just to show that you're show your bosses that you reached some sort of a quota. And I'm I'm not being critical. I'm just pointing out. I I think it's, I think it's bad journalism. I don't I don't know about you. I don't I don't. I, I follow the Cubs you follow the Braves I don't read a lot of game stories no Cubs Cubs lose to Mets four to four to three at uh Citibank here's a pitch by pitch breakdown nah, no not really I, mean, I kind of I mean I I know I mean I I like the big picture stuff my- I read the big picture
2: yeah, 10.35 first pitch, so we're talking realistically one ish um, No,
3: no, you're talking
2: no earlier. Than when the game that. ends. Yes, yeah, so you're talking, yeah, yeah, but that's
3: a three-hour game. You're talking realistically it's a three-and-a-half-hour game, especially because the odds of anybody going a long-distance pitching, you're going to have a lot of pitchers pitch early in the season. Yeah. And so um, you're, you're going to have a longer game. It's going to take Mike 10, 15 minutes before he – so you're talking a 2.30 a.m. zoom
2: yeah no my my goal i mean i will watch as much as i can i, I definitely want to see quinn throw um so i will stay I, I i i know i will stay up through his outing which is probably an hour and a half ish um give or take how he is doing and then from there we're gonna see if i have any type of uh cognitive level remaining because look i mean just full disclosure i haven't slept overly well this week uh i've been waking up in the middle of the night for some reason now i've been falling back asleep some but uh so I haven't done a good job of keeping the energy sources high at, at this point going into tomorrow night. So we're, we're we're gonna do the best we can. We probably will treat it a little bit like a British Open when we have some coffee or something. And you know, look, all I need is a red dragon at like seven p.m. Neil, and I'll, I'll be good to go for the rest of the the rest of the evening. But um, I, my goal is to kind of keep some running notes, and if I'm awake at the end of the game, I will publish the notes and immediately go to sleep. Um, if I am not. I will wake up in the morning and see exactly what happened and just put a couple things on the message board or whatever. But, no, it will not be full game story type coverage where I'm writing after the game. I mean, I will I will keep a bit of a running diary and then just put it up as soon as the last pitch is thrown, if I'm still awake at that point. But I'm not going to kill myself yeah. over it. Because, I mean, again, I mean, Saturday night a late night, too. And Mike does have a Zoom at the end of that game. I mean, I, I told you, my biggest decision is whether or not I'm going to basketball or not. So I mean, it's right. it's it's that that, that Yeah, that's and I'm not it. I'm not
3: trying to minimize the importance of the game and the fact that it's an opening day game and all those things. It's 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 cool. But it, it's, but, hey,
2: but look, an opening day game that is literally time zones away is not a real opening day game. It doesn't feel right. anything like hey, they're out at Swayze tomorrow at three. Come see the boys. I mean, of course not. not.
3: Yeah, and, and my point has been all along, which is not to minimize the the coverage or whatnot. It's just to point out that. the season will once again be determined. The, the 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 themes that I'm interested in, like when you write them during the non-cons, are there some trends to look? Are there some trends that are emerging that might be a precursor for what is or isn't to come in SEC
2: play? Because, because there were last year, even with them winning. They kept yes. winning games and beating the Big Ten, and I'm sitting here kind of scratching my head and going, they have no pitching. They're not pitching. They're just winning. And, and you pointed that out.
3: So yeah, when, and, when, the, when the losses started piling up, Anybody who had read your content wasn't shocked. It's much like when it's like when they were winning in basketball. I kept pointing out that there are some there are some trends here that are bothersome if you look at them. That there's a if if rebounding and giving up offensive rebounds continues at this pace, it's going to get you burned in, in SEC play, and it has. So I don't know from a. This is just kind of a. It's not even journalism one hundred and one. It's not inside baseball or anything like that. It's just kind of an interesting. I like I like the athletic uh, and our our coverage. Sort of it doesn't mimic the athletic because I think we were sort of doing it before the athletic rolled around. But we had already started trending in in the direction of more bigger picture
2: content. I think. Um... And I'll, I'll cover more of this before tomorrow night. But Hawaii is not terrible. I mean, nobody has any idea about them because they're way the hell out there, and they play their games at midnight and whatnot. But they're picked to win the Big West. They were they finished seventy sixth in the RPI last year. I mean, that's actually a really good non-con on the road when you're looking from a metric standpoint. If they can mimic that, um, they were in Minnesota with Ole Miss last year. The tournament that Ole Miss went three and O, Hawaii went two and one. They beat Minnesota. They beat Maryland. They lost to Nebraska. So they they're they're okay. They got a lot of left-handers, um, offensively and on the mound. Again, I'm not doing some full Hawaii scouting report on the podcast, but they're very left-handed heavy. Something Ole Miss probably needs to see. And then uh, it's a weird park. Just I, I will give everybody this public service announcement. It's a small park, It's in dimensions. I don't know if there's a marine layer or if there's wind or what's going on, but there are no home runs hardly hit out of that place, even though the dimensions are very small. And I don't. No clue what causes that or whatever, but it's just something I have noticed when I've been looking out there toward uh toward them. But it's a good tune-up. Again, Ole Miss has Iowa in here in two weeks, and the Hawkeyes are really good. So we will see. Rebels and Warriors are maybe rainbow. I, I don't know if they have the rainbow for baseball or not. They're that weird school that has the rainbow with some of their teams, and some of them they don't. It's like Murray State, either the Racers or the Thoroughbreds, depending on what sport we're talking about. That's so confusing it it yeah it it's it's really strange um so speaking of uh the Iowa Hawkeyes just a uh, big sports picture uh Caitlin Clark will break the NCAA women's scoring record tonight she's 8 points away she's averaging 32 points per game this season so i like her chances uh they're playing Michigan and here's one for you secondary prices for this game tonight to see her break the record $394 on the secondary market. It is the most expensive women's basketball game ticket of all time, college or pro. $394. she has
3: been, been great for the sport. Yes. I mean, they show those pictures in Lincoln, Nebraska Sunday of a lot of little girls standing in line for hours upon hours upon hours to see her play. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what women's sports should be really embracing. And for the most part, they have. Cheryl swoops went after her. Some other people have been tried to be critical. I don't really know what there is to be critical of Caitlin Clark shot selection. Maybe that's about it. In terms of being a role model, she appears to be very, very good at it. Yeah, she seems. You know, to and she does
2: up. take a ton of shots, but she's not surrounded by a ton of talent, and she does facilitate. Yeah,
3: she. Takes she has a, lot a lot of
2: thousand shots. assist, I but think. she doesn't
3: take. Yeah, exactly. She got her a thousandth assist. The other day against Nebraska. I, I think she's a wonderful story. I enjoy watching her play. Like I don't like women's basketball. I, I will tell you that freely. Uh, but there are, I don't, I don't, I don't like the, the pace of the game, but I will, I will sometimes watch her when and she's on because she's,
2: I will turn on Peacock tonight to watch her break Kelsey Plum's record. I will. I mean, if I'm sitting there and nothing else is going on, sure, I'll flip Peacock on for that tonight. Um, that's the she's, channel, by the she's, way. He's kind
3: of Steph that. Curry-ish to me. Like, just <laughs> you know, just if if hey, I'm inside the half court, you better guard me because I'll 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 take a 35 foot step back. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it, she'll it's make it's, enough it's, of them where her coach won't. I mean, you can tell her coach just thinks this is insane, and every every fiber of her being wants to to completely <laughs> lose it, but she's makes those shots and and i don't again women's sports are under attack right now in our society they are and she should be being celebrated more by women than she is being celebrated that is my opinion i've said this this many times you want to save women's sports the people who will save women's sports are women and
2: it's it's the thing that from a women's sports standpoint that that gets missed, that everybody kind of has, not everybody, but the media in both directions, frankly, has kind of like their agenda here of what they feel is happening with women's sports right now. And you're, you're right. There is a segment that is completely under attack. There's a segment that is taking what's going on with LSU, South Carolina, Caitlin Clark, and extrapolating that into the, every team in the entire sport. And that's not true either. Now, those people are elevating other teams in ways. Because, like, again, you would never have watched a Nebraska home game. So you see the environment and maybe the Nebraska really good player. And there's no doubt that the rising tides lift all ships to some extent. However, it was my problem with what Yo said that day, is you can't compare the average college women's basketball game to LSU-South Carolina and go, see? It's like, no, there are – we have this huge spread – right now on this curve of what's going on, and it's all great for women's sports. There's no doubt women's sports are being watched more than ever before, but Caitlin Clark is not in every gym. It has not come all the way down and trickled all the way down into everything yet, and it just just hasn't. But it doesn't mean that they are not tremendous for the sport and, to some degree, rising everything up at the same time.
3: I can't make you like something. No. I can't come to you and go, hey, here's this genre of music. Like it. And just blare it in your ears all day long. At some point, you're going to look at me and go, Neil, I don't like it. It's not for me. Okay. I mean, that's that's kind of sports. I mean, look, we, we saw this the other night with Carson's game. We came up with all these ways to bring a bunch of people to the game, and for the most part, a lot of people came to the game. I don't know how – they were very quiet for the most part. They, they, they didn't like it. You can't make – I can't I can't make you like something.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So the people who love something, the people inside, in this case, women's basketball, who love women's basketball, they should really embrace Caitlin Clark.
2: First Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities, two packages the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze. It's the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, powering this podcast right now. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, frontal controls, network security, and much more. So give the office a call. Again, 662-238-3159.
3: Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull from first? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are some of the questions that can only be answered with the personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Sigo with Segoe Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with your retirement game plan. So, whether you meet at his office in Collierville or prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting and see what he and they can do for you. It's RebelsRetire.com. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, the surrounding area, call Comer 662 801 1777. If you live in Memphis or North Mississippi, that area, get in touch with the people at Southern 662 429 4429. ASTOP is a Nashville based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just a dollar. That's right. All items start at just one dollar, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid. That's A S T O C K dot B I D. Or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers. A stock has multiple locations around Nashville, Memphis, some in Indiana, and more coming soon that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. Uh, we talked about this the other day. Today's Wednesday. So Ole Miss's home baseball opener is a week away. Uh, they got a home series that we- next weekend as well. We talked about basketball and all that stuff coming up. Big games at the pavilion. If you want to get decked out in our Ole Miss gear. The place to go to do it is the College Corner. Two locations in Jackson, one in Oxford, just off of Sisk Avenue and the Oxford Commons. You can also go online at collegecornerstore.com to get all of your Ole Miss gear from the College Corner. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. I'm sorry, Argent Wealth. It used to be Pinnacle. I'm, I've been saying Pinnacle for years now, so it's going to take me a minute to not mess that up. Argent Wealth. Argent Wealth, based in Rat, uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi, they provide uh, clients uh, services in more than 20 states. They uh, provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's MyArgentWealth.com.
2: Having her back this year after what was really compelling with her yeah. in South Carolina and Angel Reese and LSU and all that last year, frankly... Yes. The women's tournament was more compelling than the men's tournament last year, even with all the men's yes. upsets. Yes. Getting Caitlin Clark back for another season after that was a really big deal. Of and frankly, it- you know, and, and I, I'm wondering what she's going to do next year. I assume she's going to leave and go pro and be probably the number one pick, but she would make more money to stay at Iowa. I'm kind of curious to see exactly what this looks like. Um, what
3: is – what is the pay scale? What is the number one number one pick?
2: I, mean, I don't NBA know, NBA but I mean, NBA. I mean, she's definitely making, if not seven figures, very close to seven figures at at Iowa. At Iowa, uh, based on you'll note new, uh, let's see, new fever superstar, number one pick of the draft, Aliyah Boston's entire rookie contract capped at three hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars. Oh.
3: Now, I'm so she would make
2: three times – now, she'd get more endorsements probably at the NBA level, the WNBA level, would, the college level. I would level, think
3: maybe. so. I would think so. So. Yeah, I would I would think she would.
2: That's an interesting financial decision, but at some point, do you just go because – I, I don't – here's the deal. I don't – South Carolina is damn good. I don't know if they can win the title. So, if you're not trying to win a title, I don't know what else you have to prove or what you're doing. Like, I don't know what you make you base your decisions off of if you're Caitlin Clark at this point.
3: Yeah, I guess. Um,
2: in her, I don't like Iowa's chances to cut down some nets this March.
3: I would guess her decision comes down to just kind of what makes her happy and what she wants to do. And then from a WNBA standpoint, is she maybe is the combination of her and Angel Reese big enough? to put that league a little bit more on the map than it is today.
2: And, and, and yeah, and, and combining gonna... with people cuz look, the average sports fan does know who Leo Boston is. There's there's some NBA play, I mean, nba players you at least are aware of. Sure, sure. So, I mean, the question, the question, and this is the
3: reason why I'm 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 kind of baffled sometimes. I'm not baffled. I know exactly why the criticism comes. Uh, but I'm baffled that there's not more pushback in the and maybe there was privately but if i were a women's college basketball coach i would have been very critical of what Cheryl Swoop said about Caitlin Carr. Yeah. i would have i would have pushed back vocally with no 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 we need more of her
2: um i pulled up here um, and i know people did not probably tune in for women's basketball discussion i am i pulled up here the last thing on this january 18th the mock draft for the wnba Caitlin Clark, number one overall to the Indiana Fever. Um Paige Buckers from Connecticut, really good, number three. And then Angel Reese, number eight, to the Atlanta Dream. Those are really the only three of the top ten that I recognize their names and could tell you where they where they play. Um yeah. but Clark at one, Reese at eight, and then uh the UConn player was really good and kind of out of the postseason. Or, you know, she was hurt last year. So that changed the dynamics of kind of that NCAA tournament. But I don't know. It's fascinating. But, again, $328 there um, to get in tonight to see her break the record against Michigan. It's it's phenomenal. I'll,
3: I'll finish my point. I think the only way the NBA WNBA really grows is if, um, frankly, young girls want to go see WNBA games and their families take them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's I think that's how the sport grows organically. I, I don't think there's any other path to growth. It's not forcing some. Oh, you must watch this. Watch this,
2: or or are you're, or you're It was. It's, it's like the college level. I mean, it's frankly, it's how you grow college fan bases. Find yeah. ways for the whole family and the kids to be interested in something.
3: Yeah, I mean, really, yeah.
2: It's it's a much similar market to a college situation than it is like an NBA or NFL situation. That's not the right comparison. So it's essentially how
3: Mike Bianco built Ole Miss baseball Yeah, 20 years ago. You're
2: going to win. We're going to make it family friendly. We're going to go down to the field. You're going to know us. We're going to be really good in the community. All those things.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when he got here, Ole Miss baseball games were not. And if you live here, I mean, like I I don't go because I don't cover them. But I mean, I've got a neighborhood full of people, that that, we'll spend the weekend out there at series after series after series. And it wasn't that way when Mike got here, it was just wasn't, I mean, it was, it was just a sport. Some people went, there were a few people that were passionate about it, but for the most part, people were, ah, whatever. And he's not only made them a, a competitive product, obviously he won a national title. They've been a couple of college world series. We can go on and on about all that. But the, the bigger accomplishment I think is that year over year, he has made that to where it's kind of a, uh, must do thing. It's, it's, he certainly made it very cool to go hang out at at Swayze all weekend.
2: Yeah. It is the number one spring social activity in town. Yep. On a week to week basis. I mean, obviously, double deckers. I'm not doing that, but you know, no, I mean. but yeah. Um, of course. So the only other thing that I had before I get into actually some sports, Jeffrey's probably joining us in a second. Did you see, uh, did you see the press release gap with a uh, lift yesterday? Did you see no, this? I All right. Not. So uh <laughs> typos sometimes have very uh far-ranging ramifications. Um moving a market yesterday. So Lyft's earnings report, the the Uber competitor, uh like the Uber car competitor, not the huge awesome competitor. Press release Tuesday uh that said a profit margin was expected to grow this year by 500 basis points, which is 5%. It actually meant fifty basis points, which is point five percent. The errant zero sent the stock soaring more than sixty percent in extended trading, only to fall when the company corrected the mistake, taking sort of responsibility in an interview with Bloomberg yesterday. The CEO said, "Quote: This was a bad error, but I mean, it really was just one zero in a press release." Um.
3: Yeah. Uh, no,
2: Dave. <laughs> Maybe somebody
3: should have proofread that puppy.
2: This wasn't like adding an extra T to that one time where we overlook it. You you messed up on the zero there, bud. Um, so almost kind of makes me wonder if it, did, if it was happening on purpose. Maybe I'm too cynical or conspiratorial, but you get a little bit of a you get a little bit of a jump, and even when it comes down, it doesn't come down all the way. Oh, whoops! Yeah, my, my, whoops! My, my bad. I hate that. Uh apparently the entire report was very good though. It still ended up about 35% for the day as Lyft had a had a good quarter or a good year or whatever it is they're uh they're talking about here this uh this morning. So anyway, yeah, there's uh there's that. Uh as you said, there's only one headline. There's no reason to go into detail Ole Miss Wins this game Saturday or doesn't. But I do think spend a second on just the I don't think cautionary tales, right? Because there's a lot probably happened there. But was is this a case of Missouri? Because again, they were in the NCAA tournament a year ago. Is this a case of portal gone bad, chemistry, identity, whatever? I mean, what what the hell happens in one year there with them?
3: Well, they had a couple of really good players that left. They did. They did a deep dive into the portal, and it just kind of didn't come together. Simple as that they thought that it would work obviously. And it didn't work. They're not alone. And it, it is, it is a cautionary tale of the portal. There, there's several of those this year, and including a couple of glaring ones in the sec, Missouri and Arkansas teams that a year ago made NCAA tournament run. I mean, you know, Arkansas, what back-to-back elite eights, and then a sweet 16 doing portal things. And then the portal backfired on them. And this year they're horrible. Um, and Missouri's pretty bad too. I, when you turn over the roster that much year over year, man, it's kind of like in the old days when like Mississippi State was so JUCO-dependent. When it worked, it worked. And when it didn't, it didn't. Like really didn't. Because chemistry matters. And if you can't build it, it get that gets exposed. And they they're not they're not super talented at all, obviously. And when you watch the play there's just not much flow there's not much continuity and there's doesn't appear to be a losing sucks losing is not fun and, and it's obvious they are not having fun playing basketball
2: they have a real clear shot to go 0-18 they haven't won a game since uh, central arkansas on december 30th and ken palm gives them these percent chance to win a game moving forward 17 11 33
3: 9 36 9
2: 21 Oof. jeffrey i assume you have not watched a ton of missouri tiger basketball this year Okay. Jeffrey in a second. Uh, he's logged on. Maybe not yeah. uh ready to go quite yet. Uh yeah, I mean they their wins. I mean, they have a couple that even kind of point out a little bit. Like back in November, they beat Pitt and they beat uh Minnesota early November. But I mean, otherwise, it is a collection of nothing. Um, frankly, their best game was a nine point loss at Kansas. Oh, and that's, yeah, a, that's a big it's a big rivalry Yeah, that's a that's a thing for them. But ooh, it's it's a it's a. Uh, it's rough. Illinois popped them by 24 on a neutral side on December 22nd and that set the ball rolling for just nothing but bad. Uh moving forward the uh the rest of the way there. So
3: it's why I know I, I know people hear me say it and they go you're a jerk and you, you you don't we want to read tons of stuff and I get it and I'll write some stuff about what beard says today but Missouri's net is 153. Ole Miss's net this morning is 61. You can't lose to them. Frankly, you need to beat them handedly. You kind of need to dominate the game.
2: Working through something with Jeffrey real quick. So everybody in the stream, just give me one, uh, one second. Yeah, I was that's what I was pulling up to the, the chat.
3: But I mean, there's that, that's your story. There is no other, there really isn't another storyline. Maybe, Hey, offensive flow. Maybe, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of crowd shows up on Saturday. Because I mean, the baseball's not on s- streaming. So I don't know how many people are sitting around listening to baseball games in February, probably more than I think. Um, and they've lost a few now. Some of the some of the momentum appears to be sort of gone. You know, they 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 lost that game to 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 Auburn, and then you know they lost to South Carolina. Now they've lost to Kentucky. It's been a minute since they kind of had some momentum. So I'm I'm curious to see that. Just kind of what does it feel like in in the arena and some of those things. But but the bottom line, of the story on this game is you you simply must win it, or or else there's really. There's really no longer a realistic path to to making the tournament outside of winning in Nashville.
2: What do you think the crowd's gonna be like?
3: I'm I'm bad about this because they've they have over they have they've had bigger crowds all season than I anticipated. I mean, there have been a couple of times when, you know, I've left an hour before to get to the arena. And in the past, several years, I'd still get to the arena forty five minutes before the game started. I mean, I hang out in the parking garage for a minute and listen to a podcast, and then walk in and still have plenty of time. And I've done that a couple of times this year for non-conference games and got burned. I mean, mm-hmm. barely, got, barely got in. A couple, one time I even missed the opening tip. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not good at judging that. I, I'll guess 7,500.
2: Yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, it's not me bad. It's Saturday. They've been back home. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't expect any bad crowd at all. Uh, Jeffrey, you're with us now. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. You, uh, I'm moving on in a second, but you got any thought on Missouri before I do?
1: No, I mean, the only, when you asked if I've watched Missouri, Memphis played them early in the year. Um, I think it was actually, it might've been the first game of the year. It was, I think it was right before Missouri played Tennessee in football. And we didn't really know what Missouri was going to be, but I mean, I watched them the, I watched in the Arkansas game, uh, uh, just, I don't know. I don't feel like they do anything well. Like, I, I don't even – I don't know what the – like, if you sit there and you go with some of these teams, like, okay, well, how can they pop you? It's like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the only way they pop you is you go in and you don't take them seriously, and maybe they hit a bunch of shots on you. But it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, they're not exactly the the stiffest test.
2: Yeah, and when you get up eight, they're going to expect it to go to 18 because they've been losing games for a month and a half now. Um, that's enough. We'll discuss that after Ole Miss wins the game on Saturday going into next week because they do have a hell of a next week. They're at home uh, against Alabama next uh, here in the next few days. What, what's in between that, Neil? Is it – oh, at State, right? Yeah, it's yeah, in Starkville I mean, and then Alabama. Some, South Carolina and Alabama at home after Mississippi State. That's what it is. Um, Jeffrey Howe is uh, – how was y'all's annual day with the sex, sex therapist yesterday? gentlemen? you have a happy, uh, nice talk?
1: Yeah, uh, we recorded it on Monday. And Monday was like a really like dreary. I, I don't know. Energy wasn't super high. Um, it's always just a, a nice, awkward, awkward show to begin <laughs> with. Um, she came with a lot more data this year. And weirdly you would think data would maybe make it less uncomfortable. No, the data makes it more uncomfortable. Um, because
2: it puts a face on it a little bit like,
1: like, uh, uh, she had like orgasm, orgasm percentages during sexual encounters. (laughs) And she had it like based upon like, uh, types of couples there'd be, or, and again, she didn't discriminate, you know, not just couples. It's like, uh, Okay. I keep going. Um, then we had like, you know, uh, you'll, you'll find this hard to believe the highest percentage of women that orgasm are lesbians. Um, uh, that, that stunned me to find that out. Um, yeah, it's always just, just awesome. And then this year, so she always comes in with a bottle of lube and because uh-huh. this year we recorded and I had to like go and like, I had to like, I set up the recording, finished recording, and then I bailed. I just came back to the office and found just a bottle of lube on my desk. And it's like, man, if the wrong person walked in here, I would be in a world of trouble. It's like, no, 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 it's not, it, it's not mine. It, it, no. It,
2: does she, man, people can listen. I assume you guys have it in podcast form. It I mean, is available in podcast form, yes. I, I do think it's one of those deals that plays better as a radio show than just a podcast. For whatever reason. Um, but yes, I do she, agree. Does she have a lot of levity? I mean, is she funny, or is this very much like, hey, people need to get with it, and here's the thing. Like, what, what is the personality of this this human get with it? So yeah. her her son and Jeff's son
1: went to school together, so they know each other. Okay. And whatnot. But the problem is like Jeff is Jeff is trying to. Like originally my joke was is like Jeff's just trying to get free sex therapy. Um but then like it kind of like morphed into like Jeff making more light of it. But it's like she's gone so deep into information like she's treating it as a straight up therapist would. And it's like if you think about the types of the types of shows that work, it's you know, it's either like Dr. Drew or Dr. Ruth where it's beyond just here's the information it, it's a little bit more of a a radio segment but you know it's 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 appointment listening each and every year and i'm sure everyone everyone can't get enough of it
2: well you know what i i was thinking that is why i asked the question because and i, and I mean this in all sincerity she sees it as a huge opportunity she reaches an audience she gets in front of a lot of people that she don't normally because her her pinning last year's segment made me realize, no, she's very legitimate about this. Is information to get out there to a populace that typically would not be hearing her speak.
1: Well, and my understanding is there's just not a lot of them that are like actually uh, certified the way that like you need to be. Okay. And so, yes, I mean, I, I, my understanding is she has picked up clients from this.
2: Okay, there you go. I'm just curious. She's not picked I, I up
1: the rights. I will say that to be
2: clear. <laughs> it's conflict of interest can't yes i can't 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 can't, can't do that you gotta find another one sorry um do you have a big
3: job big valentine's day first one is as as mom and dad y'all what y'all did y'all go
1: so we did dinner on friday rather than try to fight the
2: valentine's day move no prefix
1: and and no no prefix uh we and then she stayed overnight at my parents house um, so, they were pretty pumped about that. And then, really, yesterday, I got I got Aaliyah a box of chocolates. I got Josephine, um, a teddy bear, super original on both. Uh, got a card for each, and that was really kind of it.
2: Is that the first night away from home for her?
1: That was the first night away from home. And then, she's staying oh. at Aaliyah's parents this weekend because Monday, there's no – Daycare, but we both
2: have work. Is that a one for one situation to make sure we keep it even, or was that the, uh, just the, the more logistically handy thing at the time? I've I've no comment on said okay. matter.
1: Um, I will not deny. <laughs> I will not deny that.
2: But I have no com- officially. There's no comment. <laughs> Leading the fifth sometimes has That's a uh, has, has, has a very real consequence to it.
1: Uh, uh, let's just say I wasn't consulted in said decision.
2: Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> oh God. Did
3: I this is yes. I'm, that is the answer to your question is yes.
2: I, I, I'm well. Last thing, I promise I'll get back on sports in a second. But whatever, and I had to talk to you. We have to. No, we don't. We can talk about whatever you want. Okay. To. Good. We, we, you. we we put. I saw here, and I'm I'm not, I'm not even. I think I'm impressed. I saw you uh, post about going to Birdies and playing a little Cypress mm. Point the other day. Were you aware yeah. of the scores in the corner when you put the Twitter thing up? Oh yeah. Okay, got you. You, uh, I made, you, you. I made you picked a the snapshot there where you were not the worst player on the screen with your brothers. Oh well, uh, well Connor went one under. Okay. Uh,
1: so the first hole, I made eight because Cypress is like apparently Cypress's greens are no joke, and so, uh, but the best was so one of my buddies, one of my buddies. Let's I'll, I'll keep it as vague as possible. He is. He has played Cypress Point, okay. and in the group chat, I took the picture and I sent it to the group chat. And I was like, "Hey, bud, other people can play Cypress Point too." And he came back with what I thought was equal parts the douchiest response and the most fitting response. And he said, "Number four's got way more trees than that."
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
2: Oh, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put you in would, place know. a little bit right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how many courses are available at this location? Can you play 600. Pretty much your... 600 oh, plus. Wow. Like,
1: I mean, you can play Augusta. You name it, you can play it.
2: Where is it located?
1: So maybe? it's in the south main part of downtown. Um, if you know where like uh, Central Station is, it's like kind of across from Central Station. The arcade, uh, the... the the diner is down there. Uh it's really fun, man. But like it's now like for the like for me, the good thing is like it's hard to get a it's hard to book a simulator, mm-hmm. especially like on a day like Saturday where the rain wasn't good. Uh, but it's a lot of fun,
2: man. Gotcha. Prom shrimp, prom shrimp.com. They have seven different flavors. Actually they have eight now. They have soy ginger out it is their uh, latest offering it's great with abachi and a lot of uh, dishes similar to that give it a shot give uh, the new orleans style barbecue it's their most popular option a shot i like the signature as well and we're going to make it easy for you because we're going to let you get five pouches or more 25% off with code rg when you do that they deliver directly to your door they make it easy fewer than 10 minutes freezer to plate with prime shrimp for restaurant quality shrimp again delivered straight to your door so five pouches code rg at probstshrimp.com
3: we're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis, part of Virtuoso, worldwide network of travel partners, allows John to supply his clients with uh, added values and unique benefits simply not available to other travelers. Um, just get in touch with him. All you got to do, give him a um, give him some parameters, give him a budget. He's going to give you some options. And uh, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of the services. 901-494-3387 or j edwards at regencytravel.net uh, oxford's newest greek restaurant on the square opa's the perfect place to plan your uh, company dinner your festive party event that can accommodate uh, up to 200 guests fabulous food great craft libations at opa also if you're coming in for a weekend baseball basketball whatever the case may be uh, make opa a part of your weekend you'll be glad that you did contact them at 601 421 one-421-715. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. If you are on the job hunt, uh, whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, and more. They've got it. They can help you. It's always free for the candidates. You've got nothing to lose. 662-832-5138. Or check out their uh, website, LTD.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. Uh, Schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludeke can help. He's a longtime Rivals board member, diehard college football fan, franchise veteran who owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your life and your career in your own hands, 100% free, Nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or contact Andy anytime at Andy at myperfectfranchise.net or at 404-973-9901.
2: Uh, we were talking about Sankey earlier in the week, and that he keeps talking about, oh, no, you know, this is not a, a, a separation. This is not with the Big Ten, and we're trying to kick everybody out. And then he always throws that extra little clause in. Always got that extra little thing there that shows, yeah, 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 sure, Greg, whatever you want to say. The dude from the Big Ten did that yesterday, too. I was reading yesterday, um, Adam Rittenberg had a a big interview with uh, Tony Petiti, the uh, Big Ten commissioner. And when asked about it, his quote was that it is not meant to be an isolation chamber. I don't believe it puts us in an adversarial position with anybody else. It's just we got to find some solutions here. So, exact same thing there from Petiti yesterday. There's just that little thing at the end of every one of the quotes that goes, yeah, but we got no answers, so we got to do some stuff and whatever and whatever. I mean, we are we are barreling toward whatever the hell is about to happen here.
1: Yeah, it's like I don't even necessarily know if this is the beginning of the breaking away. Uh, but what I do think it says is I think the Big Ten and the SEC right now are saying, like, you guys are not – you guys are not uh, – you're not getting this done. We are the closest thing to equals. We're going to figure this out ourselves. You're welcome to come along with the ride. And then I think what we'll see, the potential, the starting of the breaking away is, it seems to me, if like if these schools put up a pretty big fight without really much of a leg to stand on, uh, it, it seems to me that would be the beginning of the breaking away.
3: I told Chase this. I this morning I, I saw the the, uh, the news that uh, Sean Elliott, who's been on McCrady and Siski, is is a really good dude. He's come on our show and Georgia State head coach left Georgia State to take an assistant job at South Carolina. Um, in February. I, I man, I I'm just gonna. I mean, to me, I look at stuff like that, and I'm like, these are smart people. I'm I'm I don't I'm not pretend to know Sean, but I've talked to him. He's a bright guy. These are people that look at this and go, this is not tenable. That is, I'm going to go there.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you know, Kane pretty well.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I understand Kane, really well.
1: Kane was up for Kane was up for D one jobs.
3: Yeah. And- Kane had a decision to make. So here, here's, and, and I have not talked to Kane about this. Um, I have I've left him alone. I'm sure the transition with not only that, with his family, his young kids and moving from Mobile to Tuscaloosa and all that stuff is, is occupying. Their lives probably in a a way that it's a whirlwind. But he had a decision to make. SEC job, fill in the blank. Is it easier? Is it going to be easier to get that job as the head coach at South Alabama or the defensive coordinator in Alabama? It's pretty obvious.
1: It's going to be the the decision is defensive coordinator Alabama.
3: Yes. And then, you know, he was pretty well compensated in Mobile. But he got essentially a 250% raise. It was it was in many ways an absolute no brainer for him. He's a young guy in his in his late thirties. Um, you know, his kids are young enough that a move isn't going to be traumatic or whatnot. And frankly, there's probably another move coming in there not too distant future that I think this move set him up for that move. And so, but it's happening everywhere now. I mean, you just see it. If if you're not if you're not at a program that is that is in one of the big leagues and is really set up for NIL for this whatever is iteration of college football is next, which is the pursuit of we're getting to a place where it's either, hey, you either made the playoff and you had a great season or you didn't and and we're dissecting why. That's going to be the new paradigm. And if you're at a place where making the playoff is just not a realistic thing, and NIL is not a realistic thing, and your roster is going to get decimated at the end of every season, and you're going to be trying to rebuild a roster without resources, you're out. It doesn't work. It's too big of a headache. It's too too much work for not enough reward.
1: Well, I mean, I think the other thing that's fascinating, I understand it's not pure apples to apples because UCLA is basically, you know, Kelly was going into kind of a do-or-die season with a brutal schedule. And he decided to get out. Like, I mean, in the end, also they they leaked they were firing him last year, and then they end up not firing him because he beat USC. But we just saw a guy leave what is going to be a Big Ten head coaching job to go take a Big Ten offensive coordinator job. I mean, that's again, I understand that the headline is more inflammatory than when you add context, but you still do have to acknowledge someone that was a head coach, by the way, with money on the table said, uh, uh I'm just going to go. Essentially. I'm assuming he's just going to go be the head coach of the offense. He doesn't have to do the things that he doesn't want to do, but that was just a decision that somebody made.
2: Yeah. Inside his own conference now.
3: I mean, I know of I know of a specific NFL coach who turned down a uh, high profile defensive coordinator position without the promise of a jump where he was in the NFL, just because it's just. Was that a program where the intensity was going to be really high, and the, and the, there was no guarantee that it was going to work?
1: So the the push and pull that I think is going to be fascinating. I think it's safe to say generic football coach looks at college football and goes, man, who, why would I want to do that? Now it becomes a question of what are your alternatives? Sure. What I think we're going to start to see is just more and more mercenaries because until they figure out how to have some revenue split between you know, players and I guess schools, however you want to say it and coaches. Like, I think, I think coaches are just going to go coach strictly for money and know that like, this may be a one contract thing, but I'm going to make $35 million, maybe more. And, you know, maybe it doesn't work, but like, it's just like, it's like a short term, you know, I kind of view it. Like I have some friends that are in like the consulting and contracting business and while none of my friends have had to go overseas, they have coworkers that are like chose to go and live in the Middle East and move their families to the Middle East. Why? Like, Hey, we know we're going to do this for like 24 months and we're basically paying for all of middle school, high school, college, everything. Like we're going to be set based on these two years. And I think that mindset's going to probably percolate into college football unless they do something.
3: Yeah, I, I don't even I told Chase this. I I I I don't want to be the guy that I I it is but it it, look for what we do, this breakaway and stuff that I think is imminent and all that stuff is probably going to be good for our business. Sure. But when 5 or fewer years from now when when what I think happens happens and there's this gnashing of teeth and screaming from the mountaintops about lost opportunities, man, it is I'm going to have a really difficult time feeling sorry for those people. This is, I mean, you can see where this is going. This is being telegraphed. There's there there's a price that's going to be paid for this.
2: Oh, I
1: mean, All what
0: are, things can
2: happen at the same time. You can't have Title nine and revenue sharing and everybody getting the cut. Like, it just doesn't work. The pie is not cut that way. So, they they, can And there are going to be
3: so many sob stories written by a lot of people in our field that just do not understand that they refuse to understand that there is no such thing as utopia, that it is a, it is a, it is a pursuit that is, it is like chasing the end of a rainbow.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like if these people don't really think that if you move to the employee employer system, well, you're going to come up with a whole new structure, legal structure it'll probably be for profit. Like they're going to figure out a way where it's not subject to title nine. Like that's, that's, that's where this is headed. I had this question. Neil and I kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday uh, off the, you know, just on the phone. If the big 10 and the sec actually merged and we really do the whole AFC NFC thing that Neil's been talking about for, I don't know, a decade now, I have no idea. At least Uh, I lose time stands still. If that entity were to truly merge and become centralized, is that the second most powerful sports league in the country? Yes, Yes. without even a doubt. Yes. So if I'm someone in that room that's not in the SEC and the Big Ten, I'm sitting there and looking around like, y'all do realize, y'all do realize what the
2: alternative is.
3: Because look, here's the thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're even I mean more dead. You're meaning. I mean, what we were talking about yesterday. I mean, you probably. I know you were not listening to the podcast, but Neil goes, "Hey, you just call them still the world champions. Like we can have a playoff. It doesn't include Oklahoma State. Nobody really gives a shit."
3: Okay, I'm going to go further down the road, I, and I'm not a. I'm I'm not a season ticket holder. Obviously, anywhere. I mean, I give millions of dollars a year to Arkansas, but other than that, yeah. I am I am not a season ticket holder. Um, you want me to buy tickets? You want me to bring my family to seven games a year or to buy tickets to commit to seven games a year? I, maybe I can sell them on secondary markets, blah, blah, blah. You want me to contribute to your collective? Uh, you want me to do all those things? I'm going to be a little more apt to do it if there's never a game against... Who, who, are, who are Ole Miss's games this year at home? Who are the non-league games? Because I'm going to uh, be... I'm Furman okay, no or just Southern. Okay, if I'm, if I'm an Ole Miss fan and I'm being honest... I have no real interest in the Furman game. Maybe I'm coming and, and don't and, and, and maybe be clear. It's here. the
2: opener. So you're going, but you don't really care.
3: But let me be clear here. I'm not talking about going to the Grove and meeting all of my friends and doing all of that stuff. I'm talking about, about the football game itself. I have no real interest in the Furman game. We're going to win. I know that it's going to be boring. Georgia Southern, ditto.
2: Middle Tennessee. The next one. Middle Tennessee. Same. Now, so that's it. Because you're now, at Wake Forest.
3: If you replace those with Penn State, Iowa, and Rutgers, a totally different deal. I'm, I'm interested. I, I'm, I'm coming. I, I, I'm, I want, I'm, I want to see those games. And yeah, because it's an NFL, NFL
2: model. Everything's even. It's just paying, so team.
3: If, if, when people go, well, you can't do that at college. The hell you can't. We're headed right towards that. Why couldn't you? If you, if you expand the SEC to where are they now 16, expand them to 20. Expand the uh, the Big Ten to from 18 to 20 and call it a day and play those 40 schools. Those that those 40 schools play each other all the time. And my basketball schedule now, I don't have Detroit Mercy. No. I've got Michigan State. I, I'm, it's easier for me to sell tickets. It's easier for me. To, now, now, you have to recalibrate what success is because now all of a sudden, you know, the... the
2: seven and five is a better season. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. If,
3: if, you're, if your non-league record... There is no non-league record. If you're just putting it all together and if, and, and seeding for the tournament and pl- re-changing the basketball thing, baseball would be the same way. Yeah, I mean, sign me up. I'm I'm interested. Really, I am. I mean, I, I and if that's the model, but understand that there's only going to be a certain amount of sports that are even remotely viable, and we're talking about football, obviously, men's basketball, in that market, probably baseball. And maybe women's basketball, and after that, it's everything else is out. It's done. And so, I, is that is that what people want? I, I don't know. I mean, if I don't know, it just depends on how you how you view college athletics and how you view what entertains you and what you're willing to invest in and what makes you proud or what makes you a fan or all of those things. And that's a different answer for a lot of different people. And I'm not saying there's a right answer or a wrong answer, but you go down this this path that we are careening down right now towards employee model revenue sharing and all of that stuff i just don't think so i think a lot of people in in our field specifically media people who could be talking about this they don't want to talk about it because a they don't understand it or b they don't believe it but there is going to be carnage
1: left in the wake well and to me the the interesting like i bring up the whole if they don't centralize and they don't have you know some unifying voice you know to me it's like at best if you want to be optimistic at best you would say the television networks have a ton of influence in the decisions that are made if you want to go into another path and which it's probably somewhere in between these two but i lean towards this one and which i believe without a power structure, there's a power vacuum, the television networks are essentially becoming shadow commissioners. They're running the league. Yeah. And if, if you haven't paid attention to how television executives think, they are all publicly traded and it's all about growth, 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 growth. If I'm sitting there and looking, man, I could have Alabama and Ohio State play twice in the regular season and then a playoff game, How's that any different than, you know, the Ravens playing the Bengals or the Ravens playing the Steelers twice? It's so How funny is that- when you
3: said that. I was literally thinking Ravens, Bengals. Yeah, we don't. When the Ravens and the Bengals play each other twice in the regular season and once in the wild card, nobody goes, oh, man, I've seen this. I don't want to watch that again. No, everybody watches. The numbers are even bigger because it's a playoff game,
1: it's a bracket.
3: Look, yeah. the Giants what, and the Cowboys,
1: the, Gi- the Giants' first playoff run, the Giants and the Cowboys played three times that year. Was, nobody. And, and cared. the third
3: and, and third game was not, not only did nobody care. I mean, not, not only did everybody care. Everybody watched. It was phenomenal. I mean, Eli Manning went down and and knocked out the Cowboys. They were that was they were considered a Super Bowl contender and all that stuff. And everybody watched. Look, look again. I mean, this is this is why I'm, I'm I I look at this and to me it's it's a simple decision. It, and and if I'm SEC Big Ten, I I just I just have to get heartless about it. Just screw it. Why, if I'm Ole Miss or in this case the SEC, why am I propping up Middle Tennessee, Furman, and Georgia Southern? Why, I'm just giving them money to come get their brains bashed in.
1: I mean, I think the answer to your question is I'm scared of lawsuits.
3: I, I think that's it. But if I'm if I'm ESPN, what do I want? Do I want Ole Miss, Michigan, or Ole Miss, Georgia Southern? Do I want? Like you said, Alabama and Ohio State twice, or do I want Ohio State versus Miami of Ohio? I mean, th- th- these are no brainers from it And you're telling me the TV people won't look at this and go, "I can get those. I can get. I can't get NFL numbers, but I can get the you next closest that. thing." I
2: know. I, I'm. I, I I I know this is one of those deals where we're not here today or tomorrow. What happens when ESPN doesn't have eight billion dollars to pay for these rights? Well, I mean, that's the whole
1: thing. Is that. Have you up I mean, into the app have you up into the Apple cart chasing television money and the system? It is not guaranteed. Colla- right. And the system collapses. I think what is fair to say though is ESPN is I think ESPN is aware where it's headed. And it seems like they're making deals to prepare for as such. Like when you saw the ESPN Fox and everybody's calling it
2: Spoolu, Yeah. The discovery.
1: Yeah. Warner. Yeah. Time Warner. So TNT. So it's basically everything except CBS and NBC's sports rights. Well, in addition to that, they also said, you know, Hey, you know, you're going to be able to get ESPN direct to consumer. Like they, Mm -hmm. they were, they were quick to say that. And I think what we're seeing is this is the beginning of a transition from Because everyone's making the jokes, and it's like what I've been screaming about for a decade. It's like, eventually, it's all just going to get repackaged as cable, or as we know it, cable, satellite, you know, the linear model. This is the beginning of transitioning from a linear model to a streaming model that will still kind of look like what we know. And most people still believe, like, I do think it's fair to say, I don't know... If we are going to watch sports exactly the way we do now, we're still probably going to watch sports. And it seems like ESPN is ESPN is positioning itself to be able to still be the king.
2: Well, I was I was reading a thing earlier this morning in, in one of the newsletters, I don't know which one, and they were talking about that this bundle between ESPN and Fox and Discovery is not even an in-game thing. It is simply an experiment to see if people want this this skinny version versus that version or what it does. It, it, like because Especially because ESPN is going direct to your consumer, there's not a ton of weight being put on this. It's more like, hey, just kind of see where this goes and let's watch it play out and let's kind of go from there. This is not one of these, hey, somebody's getting fired if it doesn't work. I mean, it, it, they admit it's clunky, it's kind of weird, but they're just sort of throwing it out there to see what happens. And I think that plays almost off. like
3: Almost like they know that, hey, something might be coming in, in 24 months or so, and we ought to start experimenting a little bit now to see what is the best way to attack that when it comes.
2: Yeah, no, it, it is complete experiment mode. And I think it plays a little bit into it. Did either one of you guys see uh, Adam Silver's talk with Pat McAfee? G and M Pharmacy, that's on South Lamar in Oxford. Also, Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs. Uh, they will be your uh, community pharmacy. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and Upper Med City. Few prescriptions the same day, same time each month, and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it from G and M or Tyson Drugs. And again, I know it's February, but uh, flu still lingering, some RSV going around as well. You can still get those uh, vaccines by appointment. Makes getting in and out super easy. Give them a call to schedule 662-236-2222 for G&M or 662-252-2321 for Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs.
3: Southern Traditions Farms, a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi, two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, a lot offered at Southern Traditions. Uh, Horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons to advanced to competing at nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great venue for uh, corporate outings. Um, parties, that kind of thing. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. I'll have a mailbag up later today. It's presented by Art Hayes of Sotheby's International Realty. Are you thinking of making a move? Put the power of Sotheby's International Realty to work for you. As a licensed agent with Sotheby's International Realty and a supporter of all things Ole Miss, Art can help you buy or sell in your hometown or anywhere in the world at no charge to you. Seriously. So call and ask Art how. 612-805-5929 or email him at Arthur.hays H A Y S at lakesmn.com I saw
1: um, I saw I saw I watched because I came in late. I watched Carly. I came into like the second half of it, and then I kind of saw the clips.
2: So we Silver saw. went on this big Hey, look! The Super Bowl brought in this many people, and that shows you linear TV is awesome, and everybody's watching. And he kind of tried to do that, sort of like what we talk about women's basketball. Of, you're taking this extreme and putting it down to the to the mean or the median. But then he goes on beyond that, and I, I find this kind of relevant because I don't know what he's saying or where they're going with this. And I, I found the quote when you guys were talking. He uh, goes on, Silver goes on to note of live sports in general, quote, what else brings people in a divided world, divided country, where everybody comes together for a game? And by the way, not just for the game, but everybody accepts that these are the rules of the game. And when the game is over, this is the team who won. I just think where the NFL has done a fantastic job is commanding traditional broadcast television. Streaming, on the other hand, is the best way for the NBA to reach a younger audience. I think if, if let's see, if you think about what's happening in traditional television, it's largely younger people who either never subscribe to cable or cut the cord economically. So that portion of our fan base tends to be very young, probably the youngest of the major sports. They become disenfranchised if our games are on ESPN and TNT and ABC, but they're not subscribing to traditional cable or satellite. They're feasting on social media, TikTok or Instagram or wherever, getting highlights and stuff, but not watching the games. So partly for us, in terms of going to streaming, we want to make sure that our fan base can access the games. I get all that, and I get what we're saying, but we're so far away from streaming carrying enough money and numbers to justify broadcast rights that that leaves the NBA in this, like, this no-man's land because they're not compelling enough from an overall demographic standpoint to actually carry traditional television. So if you're looking at this, why would you even pay them a ton of money if that is the goal they're doing right now? Because you can't bring enough eyeballs that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think,
1: I mean, I think the NBA is having a moment because, you know, as I've said, I think here, I've definitely said it on, on my show, if the NBA had a, had a TV deal or whatever you want to say, a, uh, uh, cause you know, if they had a deal, we would know, you know what I mean? Like it, it, they're not, I don't oh, think yeah. they're, they're that close. I don't think they're that close. Um, now I'm sure like anything, it's a negotiation. They're fighting for every dollar they can get. And so therefore it's slow and whatnot. The thing that I found interesting about the whole, the, whatever they're calling what did you call it? Spoolu, the Spooloo yeah, package.
2: That's correct. Yeah.
1: One, are we sure that's legal? Like that, that feels like monopolistic mentality. Um, But number two, where I do think it is intriguing is forever and ever guys like me that mainly just watch sports and then watch a few premium things. But like, you know, if I have 300 and some odd channels, I watch 20, maybe Uh, that's probably that's probably high. This is the closest thing we're getting to what we've always just dreamed of, which is I just want the sports package. Just give me the package to just watch sports. This is the closer thing to that. The problem is all of these, all of these companies are still going to be subsidiaries of publicly traded big, you know, big companies that are going to have to sell you internet. What's going to be the cost of internet to stream all of this? Like I, they're gonna have to hit a, a number. and the only way I see that number going up is they're just gonna keep jacking up your internet. So I, you know what I mean, like at a certain point it's like is there enough money to go around? I don't think someone's quite figured it out yet. and to use the whole like this is an experiment, I do think there's going to be someone smart enough to figure it out.
2: But, but but here's the other thing to that, too, though. You're in a household of three, and while I agree with you and I understand what you're saying, and I fit that profile to some extent, if it's $55, you still would just pay for the $72 YouTube TV package that has all the other channels, too, because you live with a kid and a, and, and a wife. And if, if it's $17 different a month, why the hell am I just getting the sports bundle and not the YouTube thing that carries the same channels anyway?
1: Well, I think – this is like the beginning of cord cutting to which I've always said, if you were at the beginning of cord cutting, you're brilliant. And you did save a ton of money because initially it was just trying to get market penetration. They were just trying to get users. And, and at that point it was probably fiscally advantageous to you. So early on, I think it's probably going to, there's a chance where it's like, You can figure out a way to make it cheaper, but eventually someone's going to figure out. And it's like the whole thing I'm saying, like, this is the beginning of moving from a linear model to a streaming model. Eventually, what's going to happen is the same thing that we've seen the last five years, where these people realize they can't make the money on their own, but they're going to start packaging all their stuff together, or they're going to take their stuff off YouTube, or they're going to make it to where you have to go to this place largely to get it.
3: You know, mm-hmm. one of the stories that I'm kind of following right now because I think it's interesting, long term, is with Major League Baseball. And it's it's middle of February. Everybody's reported to Florida or Arizona to get started, and there are a ton of Major League Baseball players that are still unsigned, including Inclu- the Cy Young winner, including some really high profile players: uh, Snell, Chapman, uh, Bellinger. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, uh, Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery. Um, All all those guys are are completely unsigned. And and to me, Pete Alonzo,
1: right? I mean, I know I know he's under contract, but like they they wanted to do an extension, like they're not going to do it because of this.
3: Not going to do it. So he's staring at a weird free agency twelve months from now, and so or less. And so it's interesting because everyone does the Boris thing, and look, Boris is a big part of it. I mean, there's no question about that. There was a Wall Street Journal story yesterday that that pointed out that, but. I'm also wondering if it's because, well, the market has shrunk. There are so many teams that have had this this uh, RSN issue with Valley Sports and all that stuff, and they don't really know the Rangers, for example, just won the World Series in a giant market down there in Dallas-Fort Worth, and they don't really know what their future holds from a, from a right standpoint. What is TV money going to look like in three years, in four years, in five years? And it's preventing them from re-signing Montgomery or for making a big offer to Cody Bellinger or or Blake Snell or, or making a big deal with the Mets and signing Alonzo to an eight-year deal, which would all probably be smart baseball decisions, right? But they're not doing it. I mean, I'm even looking at the Cubs, a big market team. Their, their fans are clamoring for them to re-sign Cody Bellinger. They would score a lot of PR points by giving Bellinger a, Dansby Swanson contract from a year ago and it's not happening and it's not happening and I wonder if it's because the Cubs who have their own freestanding thing with Marquee, I wonder if they're looking down the road at the numbers and going you know what everybody's going to have to get a little more frugal here soon and and unless you are the Dodgers or or two or three of the teams that don't have to worry about money and it's I just think it's kind of interesting as you talk about we always talk about how people are going to consume sports and what they're going to pay for and what they won't pay for and that's just one of the things I'm I'm kind of watching over the next month or so. I mean those guys will all eventually get contracts, I think. But if if you're a major league baseball player today and you're looking at what's happening with Bellinger coming off of a big season, Snell coming off of a Cy Young award season, Montgomery pitched in effectively in the postseason for the Rangers, all of those things, if you're looking at those things, you're going you know what, I'm, I might be more open to that extension right now if I could get it. And, and I think if you're a club, you're like, well, if you're going to take a, an extension, you're going to have to take a team-friendly one because we don't know what the future looks like economically for the first time in a long time.
1: Well, I mean, and now we're also seeing like, like you know, the strength of these leagues is if they would negotiate as one. Right. But like what
3: the, we're what the NFL does, right?
1: Correct. But what we see in every other league is that's not really the case. They all kind of negotiate for themselves, and that's why you have the the big boys and the little boys. And it's like, unless it's you know, to tie it all back to, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you should root for the Big Ten and the SEC to merge, yes. because if they don't, and you start to have you start to have, you know. Each team essentially having the right to negotiate their own TV deals. And I get it, it's not going to happen until the next one. But like, who's to say at one point, like Alabama has always been very good at we have is we are the same member that Ole Miss Mississippi State Vanderbilt is? Like they take pride and they take the same share, whatnot. What happens if one day they go, Hey, in this world, like we want to win and we are popular, why wouldn't we just go do our own TV deal? Yeah. Why would you know what I mean? And yeah, it, we'll have a national deal, whatnot, like whatnot. But you know, we're gonna have ten Alabama games a year, or whatever the number ends up being, on our own TV deal. And you know, they're gonna make a ton of money, and there will just be this this chasm growing and growing and growing. And it's like just because you have a seat at the table today doesn't mean you have a seat at the table forever. And so well, if, I'm
3: the, if I'm the Big Twelve, if I'm the eight. ACC, if I'm the AAC, any of those leagues, I've I've got to acknowledge. Hey, look, we just want to be the Pittsburgh Pirates to your New York Yankees. We're willing to be. We're willing to do that. We. I I realize that's not what you know. If you're a Pirates fan, that's not fun, right? I mean, you're. you're, What are the odds of the Pirates winning a World Series in the next thirty years? Really small. I mean, infinitesimally small. Uh, You know, they they just got the the pitcher from LSU. What's his name? Chase. Skeens, Skeens. I mean, what are the odds that Skeens is pitching for somebody else in in six years? Pretty high. Somebody else is going to offer if, if he's as good as we all think he's got a chance to be. That some somebody- no,
1: the, the the Pirates hope is uh, they eventually some you know some Steve Cohen type buys them and then they start spinning. But yes, to your point, yeah. like and that until that happens.
3: But if you're if what because what you don't want is if, if you're you know the a, ACC the the the. the Big 12, the whoever. What you don't want is for the Big Ten and the SEC to reach that conclusion of, you know what? Let's just do our own thing. Let's put all the money in this pot, divide it 40 ways, and we're all going to be super rich and we'll have a massive TV con. Uh, screw everybody else. We don't need everybody else. And that decision, if you kind of read the, the quotes a little bit, that decision's at least on the table.
1: No, it's, it's to your points. like if you're the ACC, if you're the the big 12 and the AAC to a certain degree. Although I, I honestly don't know what that standing is. Yeah. I'm going up to them saying them being the, the big 10 and the SEC. It's like, all right, what do you need from us to be a part of this?
3: Yeah. You want us to wash your feet? Give you a back? It's like, can we, can we work out, you know, Hey,
1: you know, you know, we, we want to be a part of this. Like you said, we don't, you know, we don't think we're going to be, uh, an equal partner, but you know, we'd like to be in this yeah, and
3: we're willing to be the Oakland A's.
1: you know, and we'd like, you know, can we work out some scheduling agreements, you know, yep. and it's and yep. instead of, you know, Hey, us having to beg and pray for you to, you know, do us a two for one, you know, maybe you, you, write in some, write in some rules about, Hey, uh, you know, you play home and homes with these guys and whatnot. Like, so you, you started. it that way but man that's that's setting aside a lot of ego in a business that has a ton of ego
3: yep tons of it but at some point it's common sense right i mean the yankees go play in oakland the dodgers play in
2: pittsburgh got a last thing jeffrey you uh is memphis gonna make the tournament or they done is it cooked could
1: you ask me on sunday um I think this is a huge week for Memphis. They play at North Texas, who's limping. They've had a couple of injuries after looking pretty decent to start. So they're limping. But then they have at SMU on Sunday. And as we watch kind of a lot of people other than basically it seems like like UConn, Purdue, Houston to a certain degree, like as we watch the rest of college basketball kind of like take their lumps and limp here and there. If they go two and zero this week, they'll be back on the right side of the bubble, most likely, and they'll probably they'll be in a position where, as long as they can split with FAU, they're probably fine. But if they go one and one this week, they're just going to be they're just going to be hovering on that bubble the rest of the way, and it's like okay, at a certain point, it's probably like you might have to beat FAU twice. Um. I still think they're a lot more talented than most of the teams that are playing. I think they had a little lull in January. They think they've got it figured out for me. It's to be determined. Um, that's why I keep saying like, could you, could you ask me on Sunday? Because to me, like this week is going to dictate. Yeah. Like there's, there's obviously still enough opportunities for them. If they go one and one this week to still make it. But it's like if they go one and one this week, why would I believe that they're just going to run the table the rest of the way? It's like uh, probably not. But to if your they point,
3: go Memphis is seventy six in the net today. North Texas is eighty. SMU is forty two, and they still have FAU on the schedule. FAU is twenty seven. So, like you said, they're they've got resume opportunities, but they're at a point where they they have to capitalize on. Them.
1: Correct. Like they've done enough bad work to where they don't really have mulligans, and like. I think they kind of backslid so much that they kind of got to steal one. Like, I don't, I think they're technically a one point dog tonight. And I assume they'll be three, four point dog on Sunday. But if they win both of those games, then I think they played themselves right back onto, if not the right side of the bubble, they played themselves to where if they just don't have a bad loss down the stretch and then they split with FAU, I think they're okay.
2: Yeah. As we mentioned earlier in the show, Ole Miss and Missouri, 7.30 Saturday night from the Pavilion. Again, the baseball team opens its 2024 season at Hawaii. That's a four-game set, 10.35 Central time on Friday night, two seven-inning games on Saturday, and then a finale on Sunday prior to the home opener next Wednesday against the Arkansas State Red Wolves. So, uh, Jeffrey, I know you had a little different uh, morning this morning. Appreciate you jumping on, and we will be back with everyone very soon.